having seen Seoul and the wider country set new temperature records last week, the capital even earned a new summertime nickname, Sofrika. Uh, well, data released by the Korean Meteorological Administration tells us that not all areas in Seoul are equally hot. For example, on August 1st, Pyeongchangdong of Jongno District, a neighbourhood located up on Bugak Mountain, was 36.1 Celsius. That's three and a half degrees cooler than the record set by the city that day. Quite a difference. I mean, we might expect a very slight margin of of difference from one district to the next, but to be that much cooler, even if 36.1 is not exactly comfortably cool, um, we've got to find out more here. Professor Hashem Akbari from the Building Civil and Environmental Engineering Department at Concordia University, Montreal, Canada, is on the line to discuss the urban heat island phenomenon. And good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning to you, and I hope that you stay cool on this hot day. Well, right now, I'm sitting in air conditioning, uh, so yes, but uh, sadly, there are people who don't have that luxury, and our, our thoughts will be with them at this point. C- Quebec has uh, also been suffering, though, hasn't it, from extreme heat, which has actually claimed more than 90 lives uh, for heat-related reasons. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, actually, uh, that number might be uh, grossly underestimated, that number relates to studies that were done in uh, in the latter part of the previous century. Uh, as an example, in a newer study that was done during one single heat storm around the Montreal greater area uh, during the July 2010 heat storm, over 200 people lost their life. That's only one event. And if you account for other uh, cities, probably the number of uh, mortality uh, in Quebec during that year exceeded 400 years, 400 uh, uh, people. So uh, it is uh, it is uh, a very unfortunate issue, particularly for areas known as cold climates. These cities and uh, these regions uh, do have a very severe winter and very short but rather extreme uh, summer. And most citizens are not uh, ready for these uh, extreme heats. And as a result of that, they pay heavily and some of them through their own lives. Uh, Most people who are subject to this kind of condition are older people, poor people, who cannot afford air conditioning, and they also live in older buildings that are not very well built and they are not highly insulated. As a result of that, they, when this heater storm comes in, they are being caught by surprise, and uh, this is one situation that uh, the poor in the cities typically uh, are subject to higher rate of mortality. Right, so... Building structure and air conditioning are are a couple of very important factors. It's all the more perilous, though, isn't it, if you get stuck in one of these so-called heat islands. Can you tell us more about that phenomenon? Uh, The heat island, as you introduced basically in your introduction, is the difference uh, in the temperature of the cities and suburban areas. 
when cities are being uh, developed, uh, most of the rural land are being replaced with black tops, either black roofs or uh, darker streets. These surfaces absorb most of the incoming radiation, and therefore, during the hot summer days, uh, they create a heat island, which would be up to 3 degrees, 4 degrees Celsius, warmer than suburban area. And as a result, uh, if the uh, uh, suburban area temperature is 35 or 36, the cities can uh, get as hot as 40, 42 degrees Celsius. And such a huge difference in the temperature would have enormous effect on the rate of mortality. Studies have shown that uh, each degree Celsius rise in temperature in the colder climates would uh, increase the rate of mortality or earlier uh, death by as much as 3 to 5%. So for, uh, 5 per- for 5 degrees or 4 degrees Celsius, we are talking about 20% increase in the rate of mortality. So that is the effect of the urban heat island. And through a simulation, you've suggested one way to mitigate this phenomenon is by increasing their albedo. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, albedo is the term being used as the overall reflectance for the urban areas or a subject. Uh, surfaces get heated by absorbing the sun energy. And the air that brushes on the hot surfaces in turn gets hot. As an example, uh, during the hot days, uh, surfaces reach their maximum temperature at about solar noontime, but the air gets uh, to its higher temperature by around, by around 2 or 3 p.m. So there is this delay of the heat release on the urban surfaces to the, uh, to the air. The uh, dark surfaces absorb most of the incoming radiation. As an example, an asphalt, freshly laid asphalt, absorbs over 95% of the incoming solar radiation. A dark roof absorbs uh, something like 80 to 85, 90% of the incoming solar radiation. When this energy is being absorbed by the surfaces, they become heat and they in turn heat up the air outside the buildings. And at the same time, they conduct some of that heat into the building and increase the interior temperature of the buildings. So if the building is air-conditioned, the load on the air-conditioned would be higher. And if the building is not air-conditioned, the people who are living under uh, hot roofs would be subject to a huge discomfort uh, because of the temperature rise. A high albedo surface is a surface that reflects most of the incoming radiation. The most uh, reflective surface is a white surface that reflects as much as when it is fresh, as much as 80% of the incoming solar radiation. So only about 20% of the solar radiation is being absorbed by the, by the surface. And the same thing goes for a paved surface. A dark asphalt absorbs 90% of the solar radiation. A lighter color asphalt or lighter color concrete absorb only about 60 to 70% of the solar radiation. 
as a result of that, they do not get as much heated as the dark surfaces would do. So when the surfaces are cooler, the uh, air inside the city also cooler. And at the same time, the people who are running air conditioning would need less of an air conditioning that also contributes less to heating the urban areas. So that is the results of the simulations that uh, we have uh, uh, configured uh, these simulations for for several urban areas, and we are finding out rather modest, high-reflective surfaces within the urban areas combined with an increase in the level of urban vegetation can reduce the urban temperature by as much as 5 degrees Celsius. Mm. And we already know what is, uh, how does that affect the, uh, the energy use. We already know how does that affect the air quality within the urban area. And also we know the rate of mortality would decrease substantially by lowering the urban temperatures. Right. So just to clarify on that, reflective um, materials can be particularly helpful. But what you also said at the end there, uh, green environments help a lot. So would that mean people creating rooftop gardens or, or, or what would be the best way to achieve that? It is, uh, there are two issues in here. Number one is that a shade tree on an individual building would clearly shade the building and create a a, a microclimate underneath the shade tree that it is a a little more comfortable than the suburban, uh, than the other hot areas. You know, you can actually observe that when you are traveling uh, through the rural areas, you would find that most cattle, cows, are resting under the shade of the tree. So it is so natural. Uh, however, uh, issues such as roof gardens uh, are uh, very, very effective. However, the cost uh, economic of it would be totally different than, than a light-colored roof. As an example, if there is a time to change uh, a roof and one has a choice between a hot uh, standard roof and a cool roof, typically choosing a lighter color would not incur any incremental cost. And as a result of that, you start saving money and improving the uh, comfort within the building rather immediately. However, for uh, roof gardens, uh, you uh, incur a substantial amount of cost, such as, you know, initial costs uh, estimated to be in the order of 50 to 100 U.S. dollars per square meter, and uh, uh, the maintenance cost is also very important. Uh, the other factor to also uh, consider is that in a hot and humid environment, the shading element of the trees work very well, but the uh, uh, community cooling, which is through evapotranspiration of the trees, would not work as effectively because there is already so much humidity in the environment, and as a result of that, the, uh, the air doesn't get as much cooler. So uh, each city should really have a plan uh, for an economic uh, uh, strat- economical strategy 
of how to implement various measures. And uh, these measures are rather limited, you know, cool pavements, cool roofs, cool walls, and uh, reducing the reducing the level of man-made heat to having more efficient cars within the urban areas, mm. less cars within the urban areas. But all of these things are uh, uh, city-specific, and the city uh, at the level of the municipality and even at the level of individual should have a plan of how to accomplish such objectives. Well, when you look at an image of Seoul's skyline, these days we have um, this huge skyscraper in uh, Lotte World Tower, which is actually pretty reflective and there's a lot of glass on there. Um, But also generally the skyscrapers are fairly light in colour. Uh, the darkest of the buildings tend to be the lowest rise, when, and, and that's just a bird's eye view that I'm referring to. Um, and the other factor, of course, is different parts of the city are far more green than others. What would your advice be to a city that's already highly developed and is not at that point where it's choosing the materials for its rooftops and for its uh, buildings? Um, is there much flexibility in a very developed place? It is uh, the question, the answer is yes, but it is a time element. Uh, the city that you, we have right now, Seoul, uh, that I happen to visit several times, is different from the Seoul of 30 years ago. And I somehow predict that Seoul of 30 years from now is going to be different from Seoul of today. So in that time plan, having, uh, uh, having a plan of uh, where we want to go and how to gradually go through that is very important. Uh, obviously, doing something at a short uh, time of one year or two years is not going to have much of an impact as if to have a plan for 30 or 40 years of the future. So the general things that uh, are applied are basically uh, cool pavements, cool walls and uh, cool roofs, uh, more urban greenery, uh, more energy-efficient system transportation, either at the level of the uh, private or at the level of the public, more energy-efficient air conditioning system, more energy-efficient appliances. All of these things are important factors to consider. Right. Uh, These are from the point of energy efficiency. But in terms of the uh, making the urban dwellers more comfortable, uh, there are few things that people can do. One of the things that probably it would be most efficient to do is to not run any of the equipment during the heated zones within the zone, uh, within the occupied spaces. Yeah, Professor Akbari, I've got to jump in there. Thank you so much for all of your advice this morning.